This podcast is brought to you by Florence Filter, the leading company in air filters. They care about your air and have been since 1971. Good morning, everyone. This is Brandon Matloff in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Stella Oak Mavens podcast, where we feature different mavens in different fields. A maven is an expert of an expert. They are the go-to person who you would want to ask all the questions to before making a decision. The purpose of our podcast is to help the consumer be more knowledgeable. Today, I'm really excited to host Brian Berman on today's show. Brian is an estate planning maven. He has been an attorney with Greenberg Glusker for several years where he specializes in wealth transfer and charitable planning. A couple things about uh, Brian, he went to UCLA Law, he's a member of the APAC Legal Division, and he's a contributor to an entertainment blog. Also to note, he has an expertise in wealth transfer in tech startups, and today Brian will be sharing his wisdom on how we can protect our assets, how we can transfer them out of our estate without paying tax, and how we can parlay our assets to make our families even wealthier. Hello, Brian. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So, uh, Brian, did you always want to be an estate planning attorney? Uh no, actually, I, I feel like I kind of wasn't supposed to be an attorney at all. Um, I, I plan on going to law school just to kind of get the background and maybe do it for a couple of years. Uh, but I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, and so I expected to kind of start my own business, but uh, kind of found my way into the tax world and, and uh, you know, haven't looked back since. Cool. Uh, when you went into uh, the tax world, was your family supportive, given that they were all uh, an entrepreneurial spirit? Uh, yeah, I would say they were supportive. I think they were a little confused at times because I was kind of the first person in my extended family to kind of, you know, uh, go work for somebody, have a boss, work in an office, that type of thing. So it was a little new to them, but they were certainly supportive. That's awesome. It helps to have that uh, family support. probably helped you in your career when you needed to support uh, different families going through transitions that time. Absolutely, yeah. You always have to try to bring your personal experience into what you do with your clients. Of course. So here's a situation for a lot of families that we uh, speak to and listen to and the ones that listen to in our uh, podcast. You know, you have a young married couple, maybe with kids, focusing on planning for their family. They're saving up for a home. Most of the time it's their first home, but every now and then it's, you know, a second place that they're looking at. Possibly they're trying to buy or sell a company. Uh, They want to earn as much as possible. You know, we're all busy and the topic of estate planning isn't really the first thing on our mind. When do we absolutely need to do it, and, and why? Um, it's a good question, and as you point out, you know this is not people's favorite topic. Most people would rather think about things other than death and you know that type of thing. But the short answer is as soon as possible. And I know that sounds self-serving as an estate planning attorney, but you know really estate planning is not just for people with huge wealth, like we think about in the movies and things like that. Um, and for most people, if you're an adult, there are, there are needs that you have that could be met by an estate plan doesn't necessarily have to be the most complicated one, but if you think about it, you know, if something happens to you and you end up in the hospital, who's going to make financial decisions for you? Who's going to continue paying your bills? Who's going to make medical decisions for you? Um, and you mentioned, you know, if they have, a, have kids, you need to plan for the eventuality that hopefully will never occur, but it's possible that somebody could need to raise your kids if something happens to both spouses, both parents. So in some form or another, you know, the short answer is everybody needs an estate plan of some sort. So that's great to know. So you said it's not only for wealthy families. Is there a certain net worth or income that you typically look at before it makes sense to do it? To, to start with even a basic plan, I would say that the key question is, 
you know, basically, do you care what happens to you and your, your wealth, whatever much wealth you have? And of course, children, if, if you have children. So again, it's more about having some sort of decision-making process in place, again, even if you don't have substantial wealth yet. Thank you for, for that. So you've convinced me we kind of need to do it. Um, now we need to choose an estate attorney. How do we know if we need someone that's high end or if anybody on the street can do it uh, or any attorney basically can do it or you can do it through like a legal zoom website like how do you figure out what attorney to choose so that's that's always a tough question and a lot of people you know think that things like legal zoom or rocket lawyer are, are getting better and they think well I could use it for something as simple like forming a, uh, an LLC or something why can't use it for estate planning um, the short answer is there's, there's a lot of nuance to the estate planning world that you really need a qualified attorney to kind of interpret for you. Um, and so oftentimes you'll hear stories about people who say, oh, I, I have a friend or an uncle who did an estate plan for me. And you say, oh, well, is he an attorney? Of course he is. What type of attorney? Oh, he does personal injury and, you know, employment law. Um, and, and that's usually a big red flag because, you know, I can tell you after having do it, done this for so many years, it's a very, very complicated world. And after doing it full time for this long, I already know how much I still don't know and how much I'm still learning. It just it's, it's too hard for somebody who just kind of dabbles to really, you know, wrap their, their, their hands around it. So what I always say is no matter what level you're at, you need a, a dedicated estate planning attorney. Whether you need a high-end one or not is really going to become a question of kind of what your net worth is, how complicated your family structure is. And usually you get a good idea by talking to, you know, other, you know, friends and family that you know that might be similarly situated, you know, ask them who they use or just reach out to some attorneys and, and kind of talk over your situation. And most of them will be happy to have a preliminary conversation with you without charge to kind of see if it's the right fit. That makes sense. To When you're um, interviewing candidates to see whether or not it is a right fit, um, do you typically try to figure that out based on income or net worth? Or do, you, is there, do people look at potential in taking on a new client? So some of the key things are you know, how important the tax planning is. So there's a lot of good, uh, you know, there are a lot of good estate planning attorneys who deal very well with a lot of the sort of non-tax issues, right? Family structure issues, um, you know, trust terms for how to ensure that things do or do not happen with money administered for your children. Um, or there's people who specialize in special needs trusts when a child has particular special needs. Uh, but, you know, not all attorneys are so comfortable with kind of the high-end tax planning. And so if you're in the, you know, kind of, high net worth category where the tax component is a significant one, you really want to make sure that you have a safe planning attorney that, uh, you know, is very comfortable with some of the advanced planning techniques that are commonly used on the tax side. So I would say that's sort of the main determination is, is really kind of the tax component. What are uh, some of the horror stories that you've seen if clients haven't done the correct staple? Like if maybe they went on a legal Zoom or Rocket and, mm -hmm. you know, they did it incorrectly, now they want to come to see you for the first time. You know, what, what's an example of something that's gone wrong and, uh, you know, what's one of the, the stories that you might be able to share with us? Um, so... Typically, when somebody comes in and says, oh, I have some sort of state plan and it's done by either, again, sort of a non-specialized attorney or legal Zoom, um, some of the things that I've seen more frequently are, are, one, the document's not even kind of meeting the minimum requirements for a, a valid testamentary document. Um, so there's a special set of rules that apply. So it's things like for a will, it has to be witnessed by two people unless it's written entirely in your handwriting. Um, I've seen things where the documents just literally don't even meet the minimum requirements. 
Um, I've also seen things where um, people will set up trusts with things that they think are beneficial in terms of things like setting money aside for children, but they've done it in a manner where they've accidentally triggered a taxable gift when it wasn't intended. So there's different ways where if you accidentally give someone certain powers or you uh, give up certain powers that you might have over your own property, it could be considered a gift, which could then make it subject to taxation. It could make it reachable by creditors of your child, um, you know, even though you didn't intend to, to give them money yet. So that's the kind of thing that, that really show up most often. It's just kind of a, a lack of awareness about certain, you know, again, nuanced issues that, that slip by and cause unintended consequences. So here's someone that's trying to do planning and do it correctly, uh, and they're starting out. And then they end up making a couple mistakes, and once they do that, you you can't even you may not be able to even undo it for a while. They may have the tax consequence, and then they have to come and see someone mm-hmm. like you, and it becomes infinitely more expensive to undo what they've already done. Is that what I'm gathering? Oh yeah, I mean I can think of one client uh, in the last year or so who, you know, again kind of did, went on the cheap side and got a plan done for like a thousand dollars, which is which is pretty low. Um, and ended up having some problems. And, and at the end of the day, by the time we had kind of undone the problem, restarted over the process and put a proper plan in place, I think they spent probably uh, ten dollars to $15,000 fixing it. Wow. So, so bottom line, plan. yeah, so bottom line is uh, it's at least worth the consultation in the beginning, especially if there's no, no cost to it. So this next section, exactly. so this next section, I call it uh, the rapid fire section. And basically, what we do here is try to get through as many questions as possible very quickly just to move along in this podcast. So here we go. Uh, what is the cost range that this type of planning typically uh, takes to fix something incorrectly? And then is it always like 10 to 15 or sometimes can it just be like three or five to fix something? It could be a lot lower, a lot more. It depends on what you're fixing. I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of just re, you know scrapping the documents and redrafting. Sometimes you have to do things like go to court to undo something, and that can be very costly, especially in Los Angeles, um, because the courts are, are very you know plugged up and it's a long drawn out process. So it really depends on the nature of the problem. That makes sense. So what about uh, the first time you're setting up a state plan? Is it a one time fee, or do you pay every year? How, what's the cost typically? So most attorneys will charge either hourly or flat rate for some fixed set of services. And if you went to, you know, a smaller shop or a sole practitioner, it might be a couple thousand to put a full kind of corporate estate plan in place. If you go to a little bit larger shop and if you have uh, more complex needs and tax issues, I would say it could cost anywhere from five to twenty thousand depending on how complex it's going to be. I've always felt like you're an encyclopedia of information on everything on this subject. How did you learn all this? <laughs> Well, then you don't know how much I don't know. Um, I guess I would say, uh, for me, it's been putting in the time to kind of study the the, the subject matter, um, surrounding myself with good mentors, which I think is really, really key, and just kind of paying attention as you go along and try to soak up every everything you can out of every client situation. I always run into people that know you. I don't, I'd consider you a maven around Los Angeles on the subject. What did you do over the course of your career uh, to become known in the community? Um, it's a good question. I feel like it's kind of changed over time. You know, I, I've done some of the more traditional stuff like speaking engagements, um, small group seminars, and writing. But to me, it's just not where I like to put my energy. So I just kind of focus more on just meeting people, um, potential clients, other professionals, and just trying to, you know, establish relationships. And then through word of mouth, hopefully, you know, it just spreads. I love it. 
So I'm going to segue into a different uh, topic for now. So let's say we want to protect our assets and I own a home or a business. Uh, how do we make sure our assets are protected and who am I really protecting them from? Uh, that's a really good question. I think it is important to identify the, the who. So typically when you're talking about protecting yourself, generally you're, you're talking about um, general creditors, right? Anyone who wants to sue you from, uh, you know, anything from a credit card balance to a slip and fall at your house to an auto accident, um, possibly a divorcing spouse if that becomes an issue, um, but also uh, someone like an intestate heir, which is somebody who would inherit from you if you have no estate plan. It may be somebody you really don't want to receive anything. And then, of course, the big question for a lot of people is the IRS, because most people feel like they'd rather their money go to their family or their friends rather than the government they see as maybe not being so efficient. Um, and so, you know, that's sort of the who. And the way we do that is by, you know, a well-structured estate plan that takes, a, a, you know, uh, takes into account your, your circumstances and the facts of your life. And so um, we do things like um, setting up a core estate plan um, uh, to, to ensure that your property is going to go to the people you want it to go to. Um, if you go out and have a business, we worry about setting up a formal business entity like a corporation or, or a limited liability company, an LLC, and setting it up such that you actually run it the right way so that it gives you the limited liability that's intended. Um, and then other things like structuring real estate so that it's, it's within entities to kind of compartmentalize the liability so that if you do get sued, you've kind of limited the damage as much as possible. Yeah, we want to make sure that if we, if we do get sued, there at, at least is some uh, protection in place. I always think that the fear, and I'm just hearing this from other clients and people that we've worked with in the past, mm-hmm. the fear is that you know you may give a minor a substantial amount of money or assets, and you know they may blow it at at some time and do something really stupid uh, with the money. Is there an efficient way to transfer uh, money to your kids if that's the goal to get it out of your state? Yes, definitely, and and this is a, a big topic because you know a lot of people think of it as just okay. I have a will that says, you know, my child gets X dollars or X dollars when they turn 25 years old. Um, you know, there's a lot of non, uh, you know, other reasons why you want to set things up in trust for kids during their lifetime, and that has to do with tax efficiencies and credit protections. But to get to the heart of what you were talking about, which is sort of that you don't want the child coming into a large amount of money, one of the nice things and kind of hallmarks of a trust situation is you can set it up so that you're, you're putting the money aside beneficially for the child but not necessarily giving them control. So you could set it up where somebody else entirely is, is, is kind of pulling all the strings and making all the decisions as to what money to use and how. And then if you want, you could eventually give the child you know, some say or co-management role over time and then eventually full management role. So using a trust is a really good way to structure the wealth so that you can pass it on to your children, but in a structured manner so that you avoid the problems you're talking about of a young kid going and blowing it all at Vegas in the first week. <laughs> Wouldn't we all love that? You know, that's, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting. So you can actually determine when the ch- the kid or child that later in life might be responsible. And, you know, you may dictate that they're never responsible. They could be 50 years old and you may not want to yeah. turn over the keys because you can have, it sounds like a third party. What do you, what do you call that third party? A, tr- a trust, a third party trustee. Um, and that could be a f- another family member. It could be a, a, a trusted advisor. Um, or if you feel like you don't have someone that would fill that role well, you can always look to a professional fiduciary or a bank or trust company. Okay, that makes sense. So here, here's a curveball on that. So let's say you do the planning, right, and then there's a divorce in the family. What happens to all the work 
that was put into the plan? Um, so, you know, a lot of it's actually kind of salvageable or at least not not thrown away. And that's mostly because a lot of the estate planning, uh, you know, uh, world is about how to effectively structure the transfer of your assets to your children. And in most cases, theoretically, the divorce is not going to impact that, right? You might be getting divorced from your spouse, but you still want your wealth to go to your children. So to the extent you've already planned for that to happen or you've already given wealth to your kids through multiple trusts and things like that, that's all still fine and good. Uh, what does change, obviously, is things vis-a-vis your spouse. And, and actually, there's a lot of built-in laws in, in most states, including California, that sort of automatically cut out a, a spouse once um, divorce is, is, is uh, divorce proceeding has begun. Uh, but, you know, let's say you put a lot of time and energy into structuring your estate plan, abs- uh, you know, other than the spouse component, which has obviously changed, you can always then put that same thinking into a new plan that you create yourself post-divorce. So you're not necessarily going to lose out on a lot of the time and effort that you put in. So you can actually make edits along the way. You don't have to have the end-all be-all decision right from the beginning. It's kind of a working document, per se, over the over the time period. Right. So when you make, you know, when you structure complex transactions and, and gifts to kids, those are typically irrevocable and it's very hard to change it. But but the rest of it, of course, kind of your core estate plan that's that's everything else in your life. We always say that your your main trust should be a living, breathing document. So, you know, you should be revisiting it often. And as your needs and, and your feelings on things change, you should be updating it. That makes sense. So how big does this estate planning world go? Like what's the the size of the biggest estate you've worked on? Um, How did you maybe get the client? And um, surely you weren't the first one in a competitive situation to to talk to this client. So how how were you able to, um, you know, retain this client? Um, So I, I, fortunately, because my favorite thing is the kind of the complex tax work, I work at a really great firm. Um, Greenberg Luster has a very impressive clientele, um, and my group in particular, the estate planning group, we actually have a pretty significant number of billionaire clients, with you know, some with several billion dollars. Um, I don't claim any responsibility for bringing them in personally, but I have worked on them along with my colleagues. Um, and so I've worked on some pretty huge estates, and it's interesting because it provides uh, you know kind of a fun atmosphere to kind of do some very creative planning. Um, oftentimes they will talk to us on a a monthly basis or even more frequently and we end up getting involved in most facets of their life whether it's business deals how we structure it uh real estate purchases um, and then just you know their typical family wealth issues so it sounds like it could be pretty complex i'm sure i'm guessing that the size and scope of the firm and the different practice areas that you guys deal with probably help that client because you have the background in uh, at the firm in real estate and corporate. Is that right? It's exactly right. And, and that's one of the things that's kind of unique about our firm is that we're pretty, you know, significant size-wise, but we're really set up in terms of our practice group and practice groups and everything else to kind of cater to those types of families. So all of our, all of our services are kind of designed for these wealthy individuals and their families. So like you said, you know, the real estate issues, uh, you know, corporate and M&A issues, um, employment issues for their, you know, kind of domestic staff and, and people that work for them. All these things are kind of set up to really help those people with their with their kind of day-to-day needs. So even with all the day-to-day needs of these higher net worth people, you, you still think it makes sense for a young family to come in and at least have a conversation because it basically never hurts to have a conversation. And you never know where it may lead to down the road. Is that right? 
Absolutely. And what I always tell people is, you know, some people kind of know a little bit more about my firm ahead of time and they figure, well, you know, look, I'm not that ultra high net worth person. I'm not a right fit. And the answer is, you know, while that is a big, you know, kind of a core client for us, you know, we, we also like younger clients. I love to go out and find younger families that are on a good trajectory to be more of that typical client. And so I'm always happy to talk to potential clients and, and say, look, you know, here's what we offer. Here's what we can do for you. Here's what your needs are right now. And, you know, it's always a good conversation. And, and once in a while, it's not the right fit. And I'm always happy to try to refer them to somebody who might be. But oftentimes, there's a lot of good we can do for them, even if they are on the, kind of the earlier end of their life that's, lifespan. That's great to know. So let's say someone is uh, young or 27. They're out of, uh, let's just go with law school. And, they're, and they want to get into the business of estate planning. They actually want to be an estate attorney. Is this a sustainable business for the future, for the next 20, 30 years? And is there something that could kill this industry? I definitely think it's sustainable. I think, you know, whether or not it will remain the same it is, to, is today is, is a big question. Um, you know, estate planning work has, has been around for a long time, and, it you know, a lot of the core issues are, are probably never going to go away. So, you know, the big question right now is, you know, big question mark is the tax side of it, right? There's been talk of eliminating the estate tax um, and some things of that nature, which, you know, given recent events, I'm not so convinced is going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, even if we set that part aside, there's still so many non-tax aspects that always are going to have to be dealt with, right? The things like, um, you know, however much money you do have, making sure that it is structured properly for your kids, uh, the, you know, medical decisions, uh, you know, who's going to take care of your needs if you can't take care of yourself. All those things are always going to be issues for people, especially as, as people start to live longer. So I think that it's safe to say that the estate planning, uh, you know, field is going to be fine for, for the foreseeable long future. Um, whether or not the tax aspects become less important, uh, you know, that's the big question. But but even if the estate tax goes away, we still have income tax issues to plan for. Um, in California, property taxes are very important because we have a very wonky property tax system. So I think there's plenty of work. That's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned that um, potentially the estate tax could go away, which would infer that you wouldn't need to do estate planning. However, there's still property taxes. There's still California tax, still taxes yep. on everything, and there's still planning to be done based on who's going to control the money. So it's not only about Absolutely. the estate tax. Absolutely, yeah. There's still a lot of a lot of issues that need to be dealt with. What What do you think the biggest um, uh, mistake has been in your career? Oftentimes, uh, our listeners want to have a way to connect with the person that's on the podcast, and so we always like to ask about mistakes, or or it, may, it could even be a regret. But anything you can think of that you've had in your career? It's a, it's a tough question. Um, I, I think what I'd have to say is actually maybe not taking a little bit more time to explore my, my non-law interests. Um, you know, I mentioned I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I have a background in technology, and I kind of always thought I would start a software business. And, you know, I didn't really give that much of a chance because I went into law school and then I, you know, started progressing in my career. And so once in a while, you know, I'll be dealing with clients, particularly my technology clients, and start to wonder, hmm, you know, maybe I should have, you know, tried that different path a little bit and I could be one of my clients rather than a lawyer. But uh, that, that I would say is kind of the biggest regret. But, you know, I'm still happy with what I do and, and I enjoy every day the challenges. So, Well, what's interesting about that is that even though uh, maybe you have a little regret that you didn't get into this tech space, you kind of found a, a way to get into the tech space by helping <clears throat> tech clients. So that, that actually is pretty cool solution to um to that 
Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. I really enjoy the technology sector, and it's it's nice to, you know, get to, you know, see what they're doing. I think people feel comfortable that I understand a lot more than a lot of lawyers what they're doing and what their business is. So, yeah, I get to kind of keep my head in that space, which is nice. That makes sense. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we uh, wrap up? Um, no, I think I would just, you know, again, kind of my PSA is that even if you don't think you need an estate plan, uh, you may very well need one. And, you know, please, 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 uh, you know, it doesn't have to be me or someone like me, but please find a qualified estate planning attorney to help you with that. That's my, my plea to the public. Perfect. So it wouldn't be a, a great uh, podcast unless I could give my listeners a place to follow up and learn more. If someone's interested in estate planning, is there a good online resource that they can go to? And then um, who who is the ideal client for you and when should someone and how should someone contact you uh, directly? Good question. So I think in terms of kind of, you know, uh, following an interest, you know, there's a lot of good kind of general articles on, you know, things like Wall Street Journal, Investors Business Daily. They often run articles from time to time about kind of basic estate planning concepts. Um, if you want to go a little bit more in depth and kind of really kind of become a little bit more well-versed in some of these things. Uh, You know, a lot of the financial institutions like Northwestern Mutual, um, some of the big banks, they often put out, you know, kind of white paper type articles that that really go more in depth in topics that are relevant and and important. So a lot of times you can just kind of go to the websites of these different institutions and and download, uh, you know, various articles to kind of start informing yourself. Um, And then, of course, you know, rely on, on your attorneys. So, um, in terms of, of, of who I'm looking to help, um, you know, again, our firm is, you know, generally our kind of bread and butter is kind of the high net worth family that needs a lot of tax planning. But as I said earlier, I'm also, you know, love working with younger families. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'd be happy to talk to anybody and, and try to help out or at least refer you to somebody who is. So best way is just email or call me. Um, all my information is online at greenbergluster.com. And, uh, yeah, would love to talk to, to people, help out. So if someone wants to contact you directly, they would go to greenberggluster.com, and then how would they find you? Uh, if you look under attorneys, I'm listed there, Brian Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N. Um, or you, know, you can always email me at bberman at greenberggluster.com. Great. And, uh, yeah, that's a good way to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, this has been a Stella Oak Mavens podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can follow our Instagram at Stella Oak Mavens for updates and more information about the podcast.